0: welcome to the Multiversity Manga Club. Uh, We're here in the midst of January to talk about this sort of retrospective, you know, we're between two and three years since we've been doing this and we thought it was about time to kind of look back and see of the various things we've talked about, what are some of our favorites, either stuff that we've just kind of thought about more and realized like had some new insights on or, you know, in the case of, you know, there's always been for, for a lot of them, we're always like, oh, I could, you know, go read more of this. <laughs> Which we say that a lot. We say that a lot. <laughs> we don't always do. But sometimes we do. And sometimes we're like, damn, this is good. Yeah. So we've got a little bit of each of those. We're going to, yeah, just talk mm-hmm. about some of those ones yeah. we've talked about in the past. So, and I'll start that off by talking about Pluto. And really, I'm, I'm kind of the loser of the three of us in that my pick, I haven't really changed my opinion i haven't like thought about that much more it's just looking back it is probably my favorite of the things that we've covered it's deals with some of my favorite themes about speaking about what it means to be robots as a way of what does it mean to be human but also also in a way that's not cheesy at all because it is yeah like yes it does like ask questions about humanity in that sense but it is kind of more it, preoccupied with well what what would it mean to be a sentient a robot. robot.
1: Yeah. It is about robots too.
0: Yeah, it's I, it's it's not purely a matter of sort of, of
1: a, a a complete allegory for Yes. Which you could sort of argue that something like Near Automata is more of that, or like maybe uh Blade Runner. Right. Blade Runner is mostly just like a metaphor for
0: yeah yeah sort of for like otherwise otherwise
1: people yeah this I, I don't feel like pluto pluto is of course you could certainly read it that way and,
0: and there are certainly like elements to that yeah i think it's just that when we think about that there are secondary elements that overlap and that we have to consider yeah yeah but at the same time it doesn't have to wholly be as you said yeah, it, uh, not wholly a, allegory yeah it also and and this is Kind of me recycling talking points when we talk about it the first time.
1: Yeah, we're gonna do that.
0: But it also it's it's just kind of like the take on a children's property. Yeah. The gritty, you know, kind of look at it.
2: Yeah. That's not you know really all the rage. It's and not exact- really, yeah. Exactly. But it also It is like. Oh. So I think when we talked about it, I made, like, the Watchmen comparison, how that was, like, a reimagining of, like, the Charlton characters, and also kind of, like, a deconstruction. And this isn't, like, gritty, like, Watchmen, but it is a bit of, like, a deconstruction of the kind of, like, android genre, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I think it's like coming back to Pluto with adult eyes. Sorry, not Pluto, but After Boy with adult eyes and sort of, but but not being cynical about it. Yeah, right. exactly. I don't know. Yeah. I think they...
2: Watchmen is way more cynical than Pluto. Yeah, yeah. Watchmen definitely. is
1: very good. Watchmen is very good. but I think it's trying to do a totally different thing than Pluto, but mm-hmm. I do get your point.
2: Yeah, well, it's not even like
0: it's all the stuff that like you know has kind of followed in the wake of Watchmen and like reading pluto i just kind of like feel like and i think this is what i said when we first talked about it but imagine imagine like you know thinking that any any other like um sorry our dog is <laughs> she
1: does not want us to talk about pluto anymore because it involves um, a robot dog a sad scene with a robot
0: yeah dog. uh sorry i it's distracting
1: <laughs>
0: um so what was i saying <laughs> so you it's never so see. it's not it's not embarrassed in the slightest yeah, 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 yeah. of being like you know uh, of what it is you right know? like yes it has some robots that are kind of more seri- they're more human looking yeah and therefore you know they're drawn in that saw style they're more yeah there's more like but, you know realistic aspect to them but then you've also got all the ones have- that look you know kind of wacky you've got. Mont Blanc. Mont,
1: Blanc. The, the Sweet first, Mont Blanc, the first the yeah. first robot you see is a robot with suspenders on,
0: yeah.
1: it with like a chicken beak.
0: And but it's it's also it's not at all like doing that to be like yeah. oh isn't that funny? He's no, he's it's...
1: loved by everybody. He's like a national symbol,
0: right? And so I think there's so much that the whether it's the movie industry, whether it's the American comics industry, that like to pursue these kind of realistic takes so to speak, or these like self-critical takes on established properties and genres and things like that. Yeah. Pluto takes itself very seriously. It's not that it's like, Oh, it's, it's, it's not like, you know, that it, um, whatever.
1: Satirizing.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, Yeah. Well like, yeah, there's that scene with the, the, the robot who I think whose husband had, had died and and yeah. there's that, yeah. that, that like scene that oh her just face. like sticks out in my mind yeah yeah like, oh, so like heart wrenching you know like
0: she she yeah. looks she looks like the robot from the Jetsons and yet you're yes. like this is so sad yeah and it <laughs> like, doesn't
1: really change it's interesting because those panels I always think about that scene too when I think of Pluto mm-hmm. it's like the first scene I think about and like her face doesn't really change but it does right which yeah. is weird like you kind of see it. The other scene I think about is uh, his dad yeah, uh, talking to him, talking to Pluto, you know, his creator. Yeah. Dr. Tenma, was it really it was not Dr. Tenma, was it? <laughs> that Dr. Tenma is, 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 a,
0: monster. is a monster.
1: Sorry. It's been a while since I've read it, so I might not have the name right. But the doctor that created, the scientist that created Pluto. Yeah. Sorry, not Pluto. Oh, my God. The Astro Boy. Astro um, Boy uh analog uh-huh. Jeez, my my brain just like <laughs> holes today i don't know why sorry yeah talking about how in creating him he had uh sort of given him uh, i guess sort of made him made him in the image of his dead son right but he asks him as they're eating breakfast he's like adam <laughs> <laughs> there we go adam yeah the doctor is the professor yeah it, it is, is professor, professor Ten. i was right i should not second guess myself professor ten was asking as they eat do you love me and stuff? And do you do you like do you like learning the same things that my son learned and 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 doing the same things he did? And and Adam's like, Yeah, I love it. I love it, Dad, and I love you. And and Dr. Ten was like, he hated all those things and he probably hated me. Right. And it just ends there and I'm like, <laughs> what was what was the point of that scene? I always think about that one too, because I'm like eh did he did he realize that, in trying to create a robot that was like the perfect image of his son, that it was kind of wrong to do that? I, I don't really know. There's a lot going on in that one,
0: yeah,
1: in that scene. so
0: it's well, it's,
1: I think it's pretty deep emotionally. I don't yeah. I wouldn't call it I also think when to to go off what you were saying about it about it taking itself seriously, I also don't think it tries to do too much, yeah, too much as far as like getting really sort of like esoteric with it. It doesn't, I don't think it, I don't think it goes too far out of the, out of what maybe some of the themes were in the original series. Mm -hmm. Right. But yeah, I mean, it it is written for adults. Yeah. But it doesn't feel really like, oh, now, now Astro Boy's cool. Like, exactly.
0: Yeah, it doesn't have, it knows what it is. Yeah. It doesn't have like any sort of like smugness to it or anything like that.
1: That's good. Yes, that's another thing. Yeah.
0: And that's, so even though I, I don't feel like I have like any real new, insights on Pluto since last time you read it. It is something that I just think about a lot because I see all these other like attempts at you know making a another like you know property super serious and everything and just like it makes me think about Pluto and how Urosawa gets it in a way that a lot of other people do not.
1: It somehow has like the perfect tone. I remember thinking that I was like if you were going to do a serious take on like a children's property like how do you... This is it. Like, how do you, whoa, (laughs) you did it perfectly. I mean, as far as tone goes, I mean, there might be some like little writing things here and there that I didn't like as much as something like say monster, which is completely his, his sort of brainchild, but yeah, just the atmosphere of it. The tone was just somehow just like absolutely pitch perfect. So yeah. Yeah.
0: All right, Emily, what is your favorite fave
1: that we've done? That
0: we've talked about
1: for Manga Club? Yeah. So I, I thought about it. Uh, this was definitely this one was definitely like in my top, and I and I sort of like interrogated myself on on which which of these th- there were a couple I had to choose from, but eventually I came out with a Tomie by Junji Ito as my favorite pick, which might seem if you follow me on social media, if you know me well at all, it's probably not surprising, but it is I mean, it is tell kind
0: me of it was your like profile pick, yeah, for a it bit. was yeah. in my Halloween
1: Halloween profile pick. That's right. I thought it was a good one for Halloween. Yeah. But so it, it's definitely on the surface of it. If you just read it surface level, it is very <laughs> misogynistic. Just just if you you know you don't really think about it,
0: it's an ugly it's, book. It's
1: ugly, very ugly. It is literally about a parasitic woman.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: but that's the thing; she's not actually real. Well, I mean, Tomie isn't real, but I mean the the, the parasite, the Tomie that none like, of these oh, are real. <laughs> it's all fiction. Tomie is actually sort of like a parasitic alien thing that takes on the form of a beautiful woman and, and sort of seduces men and then kind of tricks them or, or brainwashes them in ways that make them want to kill her. And they often do in terrible ways. Tomie, when Tomie does kill people, it's sort of like weird in that she like either like takes over their bodies. Right. Or sort of absorbs mm. them. She doesn't usually like go on killing sprees, really. No. But she usually, like, incites people to kill because of her
0: And usually herself.
1: Yes, herself. And so you see these, there's a bunch of different, Tomie is, like, a collection of comics that Ito had done over, I think, more than a decade of his character. And it's just sort of different.
0: I think, like, two decades.
1: Yeah. Yeah, almost. It was a while. I think it was one of the first ones he did. He won an award for the first comic, I believe. But, yeah. So Tomie, the collection, which is, like, in these big, beautiful, like, anthology books that they have out now for Ito's stuff which I think that came out about a year and a half ago now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so the, the whole Tomie collection has about, I want to say like 10 or 12 separate stories, Something maybe like less five. than 15, I want to say. Some are longer than others. Most of them involve Tomie sort of showing up and haunting someplace, yes. meeting a man.
2: Some have like some serial, serialization Others others are kind of more standalone, which is yes. cool.
1: standalone, yeah. Yeah, and and always accompanied by this like horrific imagery. Tomie's like distorted face.
2: You
0: love that Ito goodness. Yes. Yeah. Which always is going
1: to have weird faces, and it's funny because like as you read it, you start to realize when Tomie's like corruption is affecting people because their eyes start to go all sunken, they start to look really pale and sickly. Well, I mean it's on black and white. They all. The, you know the, what I mean.
0: The Edo look.
1: The Ito look when when you are just when you are really having a normal one in Jujutsu <laughs> World. <laughs> That's that's another comic where everyone is having a normal Absolutely. one.
2: Absolutely,
1: <laughs> everyone is just completely sane with it
2: all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah, we're we're God, we're gonna wear those phrases out probably. No, no,
2: no. That's <laughs> no. what the internet is for. It's fine.
1: Yeah, it's true. It's true. It's just it's addicting. It is. Yeah. So, and I mean, something. Speaking of addicting, so one of the things that Ito likes to sort of explore is like addiction, obsession. Yeah. And sort of like the impossibility of escape, which I think is like a really scary concept that only he really gets. At least I think he gets it the most out of any any author I've seen. You know, obviously most famously, Enigma of Amigara Fault, drawn to these holes in the mountain, Mm -hmm. obsessed with them, can't escape. Tomie literally on the back of the book says you can't escape. Because, like, people – I think the scariest part of Tomie is, like, people go to different towns and stuff. They have a Tomie experience, I guess you could say. (laughs) Like, they experience something weird happening with Tomie, but then they go to a new town and it's like, oh, she's not really gone. She's back or she hasn't really disappeared. Right. She sort of, like, floats around. And I think – I mean, like I said, on the surface, this sort of, like, story about how this parasitic woman-looking thing (laughs) – I don't know what else to call it. It, it is yeah. that they actually literally did experiments on it in one of, yeah. in one of the stories. They had oh. her in like a test tube, and she was like floating around. Yeah, it it so on the surface it does look very sort of misogynistic and like oh this was just an excuse for Vito to draw people killing women in terrible ways. But there's one story in particular that I think sort of illustrates what's what's going on with Tomie. I think, and that it's very possible that Tomie is is based. I don't I don't have any evidence for this. Like I'm just speculating. I don't know where these ideas came from. Like, they are kind of scary if you think about it, but I think if anything, like if, if they're coming from Ito himself, if they're coming from his sort of like maybe his preoccupations or worries about women or sort of stereotypical feelings or sort of like maybe negative feelings, it feels like he's definitely, that's definitely showing up there, but he's definitely like interrogating it.
0: Right. There's an awareness.
1: Um, Yeah. There's an awareness because there is a, one of the comics that I think is one of the better stories in Tomie is about an artist that it's a really simple story. He sees Tomie and he wants to draw her. And she's sort of, I mean, the way she acts towards most men is sort of like aloof and indifferent, but sort of like cute enough to like get her attention. She's like, yeah, I guess I'll take a walk with you or whatever. Right. You know, you're cute enough. And so the artist like paints her and he's like, see, and he, he's starting to look really crazy. He's, he's painted her for a long time. and this sort of Tomie corruption is like seeping through. So his eyes are going all sunken in that very, like, you know, having a normal one Ito way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just like to think of it that way. Now, every time I think of having a normal one, I'm going to think of that guy holding the painting. <laughs> it's, so, yeah, he shows her. He's like, he's like, I painted you. You're so beautiful. And it's just this, like, hideous painting of, like, her face sliding off and, like, one of her eyes bulging out. And she kind of looks at it like, whatever. Yeah. And it's sort of like the whole story. Yeah, the whole story is about, uh, I think it's sort of, like, stepping on the idea of sort of, like, Really, like, I guess the nicest word is interrogating the idea of sort of like putting women on a pedestal and being like, here, you're my muse, right. you know, and it's like, I don't know, like, because there's a lot of really demeaning ways to do that, too.
0: Absolutely. So and
1: I think if you look at Tomie as sort of a one guy interrogating his feelings, his sort of like weird, maybe fucked up feelings about women, it's really interesting. Yeah, I think it actually is like maybe like one of my favorite stories about like misogyny and sort of just like sexist feelings because mm-hmm. it feels really honest. <laughs> I guess it sounds and this is not everybody's cup of tea. It's very violent and very sort of like viscerally horrifying. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a part of what makes it so effective. I, I think I think if he tried to like I think if he backed down in any sort of way, it would have felt really fake and not really earnest in the way it does.
0: If there's one thing Junji Ito does not do, it's back down. <laughs>
1: no. That's true. No, he does not like pull any punches with it. But I think I think also just like as I said the thing to remember is that Tomie is actually not a real woman. She's right. a, a thing. Right. She's a monster. And Literally. so like, th-
0: there's a lot you can yeah. kind of pull apart of like this idea of this idea of the like, you know, treacherous yeah. sexy... But
1: sort of the, like...
0: Woman... Be- archetypal... Being, being a construct itself.
1: Sort of like, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, construct... Literally constructed yeah. femininity. Right. And also sort of, like, the archetypal perfect woman who is also terrifying. Right. Like, uh... Just, like, you know, she's pretty. She's kind of demure. She's, like, a little shy.
0: And you want to murder her.
1: Yeah, and sort of, like, the fact that these men do this and they, like, kill her and there's, like... like they always are like she made me do it, yeah. you know, kind of thing. It's it's like wow, that kind of is a <laughs> it's kind of some real shit right there. It actually so so it has like a very simple premise and I, the actual text like what's there doesn't really it doesn't really like go into long deep like thoughtful, you know, like like as far as like what's actually written on the page, yeah, it doesn't really give which, you food for thought, yeah. but like, which is maybe
2: the, better because it's yeah, it's the there, imagery, for, yeah.
1: I think it's like the imagery and the tone that sort of makes you think like, like what's going on here? What is Ito actually saying? Because I right. think,
2: because
1: I think if you read it on surface level, yeah. Like a lot of people are going to be repulsed by this and be like, no way not reading this. And I totally get that. Like having a visceral gut reaction and being like, this is not my thing. Personally. I think it's like, yeah, like I said, like maybe one of the better treatises on like misogyny and fucked up thoughts about women also by women themselves. Cause women also get really jealous around Tomie and right. sort of, backstab each other and because of this like fake constructed beautiful right. monster hmm <laughs> <laughs> makes one think but yeah it's it's actually a really it, much deeper than i had initially even thought when we when we talked about it for manga club
0: yeah it's definitely one that i had to sit on for yeah because
1: like the more i thought about it i kept thinking like i kept kind of kind of being back to it after seeing some like like reading about depictions of women in media and sort of like what people thought was sexist, what people thought was like good representations of women and sort of like that. And I think, I think this whole Tomie is kind of like a commentary on that whole idea. Sure. Like what's a good representation of a woman? What is, how do we display or how do we depict sexism? Right. Misogyny. Like, is there a right way to do it sort of thing? And it's like, um, maybe you just got to make it really ugly. Yeah. Yeah. It's just how it is. So that's Tomie. It's ugly gross it
2: was ugly it was my first uh my first ito actually so yeah. that's right it, I, was, it was good
1: yeah i think it's the best one probably i think it's my favorite of his for sure
2: i think
0: it's the one that has um, the most to talk, most talk to, about maybe the most to talk about the most to chew on yeah um yeah
1: uzumaki is probably the scariest one but
0: yeah
1: yeah tommy is pretty scary it's not yeah it's not as scary as like amigara fault or
0: just kind of gross
1: yeah it's gross it's just viscerally sort of repellent. But that's Ito for you. Yep. <laughs> I think that's all I have to say, so we can go into our...
0: All right, Zach, you know. we, we've talked about uh, two kind of depressing and, you know, not not uh, particularly fun ones. Surely, surely <laughs> you're going to close us out with something that's uplifting and full of
2: Definitely positive, th- happy feelings. The happiest right? thing that we have ever read Good night, pun pun <laughs> oh no uh by Ennio asana asano man so last year actually a little over a year ago i um went back and finished finished pun pun which i i think i may have talked about a little bit on the show or at least like referred to that I yeah, i think not. we
0: alluded to it a few times
2: and Pon Pon is not, like, only my favorite manga that we've covered. It's, like, maybe my favorite manga I've ever read and, like, generally, like, one of my, like, favorite stories I, like, consumed in the decade. Like, it, it is, like, stuck with me, like, in a way that, like, few things do just because of, like, how... Oh, just like how viscerally like real it feels yeah. and like um which is like funny because of how surreal it can be. <laughs> right. But like yeah. the feelings that it touches on are just so so relatable yeah. even e- and like even in the like how even in their darkness, like even even in like the darkest times there's like yeah. Yeah. that I see like that that aspect of humanity that is trying to be be conveyed and like I mean, I think so. When we covered it, we covered the first. Did we read the two first volumes? two yeah, volumes? We did the first two We have two okay. because
1: that's all we have on our. I think okay. that's all we do because it's all we have on our shelf. Yeah.
2: It gets so much more fucked up. Like, <laughs> how is like, that possible? I just cannot. Like, I can't. I can't even like tell. Like, I cannot make you understand how much darker it gets. <laughs> it it like- goes places that I never would have imagined. Like. <laughs> Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> you're just thinking about it now. You're going crazy.
2: <laughs> I'm going crazy thinking about some of the things that happened in this book. Just, like, honestly, yeah. I've never seen its equal.
1: Yeah, it's very, like, I feel like it was, like, sapping energy from me yeah. in a weird way when I was reading it. Like, but, not, like, in a
2: good way. Like,
1: in a good way, so but in good. a weird, like, I was like oh my god, where did these ideas come from?
2: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And it's
1: not even that, like, what's happening is really, like... It's not like it's, like, the worst thing in the world. It's not, like, Berserk, where it's, like... I keep saying the eclipse. Like, the eclipse is the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah. But, like, it's it's just very, like... It's, like, the most intense, like, domestic yeah friend problems
2: sure sure well i think like comparing it to berserk which like i've not read far enough to get to the eclipse i don't think i've heard people like refer to it i know it's like supposed to be really bad
1: yeah it's not really comparable to Pun Pun, because it's like just that's like completely fantasy violence and this is like this is like psychological trauma
2: (laughs) right right but i think like i think like what pun pun is really good at is like picking the thing that is, like, the worst possible thing that could happen to a single person in a given moment. You know, it's, like... Cool. <laughs> it's, like, it can distill that kind of, like, earth-shaking, like, world-shattering event into just, like, the most, like, small and mundane things that are just, like, absolutely shitty. Just, like... Right. I...
0: Because th- that is, like, you know, so much of, like, the so much of the worst things that happen in people's lives are just kind of in the grand scheme of the world are very small. It's just some of like, you know, the things that can completely throw off your your life and make you feel awful can just yeah. be like one or two small things that happened and right. just kind of yeah. ruined everything.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But also it's just a beautiful book. Like yeah. the art is fantastic. And like, I can, I can think of a few sequences later in the series that are just, that just stand with me, like some beautiful yeah, like, it's, black it's, yeah. and things that just like, very few words just convey everything through the art, and it's just heartbreaking and and wonderful. And like, th- I think it had one of the most satisfying endings. Oh, good. In in a way, like I will say, like I guess this, this is the biggest spoiler I'll give. Is like, despite everything, it it ends with a modicum of hope, like just the smallest That's good. amount of hope. I don't in know a, if
1: we can stand it any other way.
2: Yeah, yeah, which is like. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. There's something about that kind of story that can just like bring you through just hell. And then you come out with just the tiniest little glimmer and that kind of like seems to balance everything out. Yeah. It's, it's just really satisfying and (laughs) I don't know. It probably says a lot about me that I like it so (laughs) much, but
1: what do you, what do you think about the decision, the artistic choice to make them like these little ducks? The main character and his, their little birds.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, like,
1: do you, does I, I I don't need I like I'm not asking like why did they do that? Does there have a, is there a story reason? Like, I mean, I
0: I do do you think that that like approach carries it, through and feel like there is all the a way story, the reason. story reason? There is a story right. reason. Is, if I okay. remember
2: correctly, I think there is a story reason, and it like is explained by the end of the book. Okay, I
1: think it's really cool. I just yeah. I don't have a problem with it. I think it like
2: wow well, i don't i don't think it's like by the point that you guys get as far as you guys got but there are some really cool things in the book where like as pun pun ages and like different events happen and he like kind of changes into a new form to represent (laughs) oh cool the, the like life stage or like the event that has like things that are like monumental to him change right. his appearance. Um, and then he okay. will look like that until like the next kind of the like next... Interesting. the next big moment happens. And it's really interesting. And it's things that are like even more obtuse than like a bird boy. Like it gets weirder. <laughs> There's
1: yeah, I believe it.
2: Yeah. So it's really cool. I think I it's one of my like favorite parts of the book.
1: I think it's like I think another thing I remember about pun pun two things that I thought were really good is like I think it I think it displays like how confusing being a kid is uh-huh. really well, and also like kids' perception or like conception of God. <laughs> oh, was like really
2: interesting I oh thought. my gosh the like i like was I, yeah i haven't even been thinking about like the religious <laughs> stuff in the book that like especially yeah. as it like goes on um which is actually really funny i i, I got like the first volumes of pun and 20th century boys for christmas this year and i i've never read mm-hmm. 20th century boys before but there are some interesting parallels there and i actually see a lot of influence now in pun I could see that. In 20th Century Boys, which is interesting to me. Man, they do some weird stuff with, like, Faith, and... Oh, it's so good!
1: (laughs) pun -pun is a lot more surreal than 20th Century Boys.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I would say so, for sure. Yeah.
1: I think this is going to be something we're going to quickly, like, snap up and try to finish. Oh, I would
2: love uh, to talk. I'm planning on rereading it (laughs) this year, and I would love to, like, talk to you guys about all of it once if you do finish.
1: Oh yeah, I'm sure we will, yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, before we talk about that, Mm -hmm. we're gonna talk about something else. Hi everyone, Walt here. Shortly after recording this episode, like one day after, we came up with a new idea for the book club portion of the show. Starting with our next book club episode, mid-February, we're gonna be reading all of One Piece. That's right. All nearly 1000 chapters. While we're reading, we'll be posting some commentary on Twitter under the hashtag One Piece Club. Well, honestly, it'll probably mainly be me posting funny faces with the caption when you're nut. Feel free to follow along with us as we progress and shitpost side by side with us. We're going to be doing the first few arcs fairly quickly, uh, getting through the East Blue Saga in about two months, at which point we'll probably slow it down a bit and take it an arc at a time. We're also considering doing the occasional bonus episode of shorter manga that we'd be able to cover the entirety of in a single episode. Uh, think Tomie, Opus, other manga like that we've covered in the past. And for these bonus episodes, we were thinking of possibly uh, having guest co-hosts on and things of that like. Uh, this coincides with Zack's departure from the monthly Shonen Jump episodes of the podcast. I know, I'll miss him updating us on how things are going with the good boy Boruto too, but he'll still be around for our One Piece book club episodes. So, next month, 21st of February, we'll be talking about the first 41 chapters of One Piece. That's the first five volumes through the Syrup Village arc. Check out the One Piece Club hashtag for extremely good posts, and follow us each on Twitter, Emily's at Cosmos, of course, Zach is at Wilker Fox, and I am at Goodbye to a Shoe. As always, thanks for listening.